Welcome to the Lakeland Sports Guys. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox. We've got the coach Dan Spivey in the house here at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. It's Monday, which means the cheeseburger special and fries is the special of the day. So come on by and enjoy that. they got specials, the hot dog specials tomorrow. Thursday's our favorite, the twice-baked potato with the ribeye steak sandwich is Thursday's special to go along with it. Not to mention they've got uh, some great items uh, for catering. I enjoy the ice cream and the sandwiches uh, after the football <laughs> games. got breakfast to go along. Man, Howard does everything, Chris. Breakfast is my favorite one up here, man. If you if you got to go to work at a, a good – and he's open at 6, right, Stan? Yep. You're here. Open at 6. So 6 o'clock, if you go early into your job, stop by. I get a breakfast burrito there to die for. Absolutely delicious. Well, we got a lot to talk about. We'll talk about Friday's games in high school action. The Eagles take one on the chin to T.L. Hanna. The Emerald Vikings take one to BHP and the Bears. Um, really, a couple of really good games. We'll dive into those uh, as well as college. we got some games to talk about with South Carolina, what they did with Georgia. They came out on fire and uh, lit Georgia up for the most part. Georgia looked awful <laughs> in the first half, and then they shut Carolina out in the second half. Carolina didn't score again uh, after that, and they were able to come up with some big things. Clemson, uh, we talked a little before we came on the air about what Clemson is doing and, and seeing that you know that game was a positive for them, particularly leading into the Florida State game. So we'll talk a little bit about what happened there uh, as well with that big win. Uh, it was basically over by halftime, uh, as you suspected it to be. Clemson looked like pretty much almost like themselves again uh, before uh, the start of the season uh, with the Duke issue that ended up happening so we got that we got uh, pc's big win over wofford we'll talk about that and then uh, you just informed me that newberry went eight overtimes to go along with it so <laughs> we'll dive in to see what happened with newberry and, and uh, all those overtimes because they're going to be taking on erskine coming up this uh, saturday over at jw bab stadium so looking forward to some of that well let's start with the college games uh, as we had mentioned we'll start with carolina uh, Juice Wells, I thought, came out and played particularly well at the beginning, and then all of a sudden that nagging foot injury of his uh, flared its ugly uh, toe again, I guess you would say, uh, and ended up going out, but not before he got to see uh, the you know that final <laughs> touchdown in the process. That was exciting to see uh, go through there. But Georgia, um, as you had said, Chris, that, that was kind of an upset, uh, almost like a trap game for them if they didn't come out and start fast. Lackadaisicals, I mean, three games now they played a little lackadaisical from the start. And the other two were against what we call cupcakes or whatever. And I'm not going to change it. I'm a Gamecock, and most Gamecocks don't like me now because of the way I feel about Gamecock football. But we're not much better. I mean, to come out and play like we did the first half. And then for me to have to admit to my Georgia friends that their coaches, their coordinators made changes made at halftime, knowing that they were our former coaches, that they couldn't make it with Muschamp and with Bozo. When in Carolina, they couldn't make the change, and all of a sudden now they can. So now I'm worried about Clayton White, our defensive coordinator. Um, it was a good game. It was a very interesting game to watch. I mean, we did – like I said, the thing about that game is just the scripts, like, you know, Stan alluded to earlier, we got a new coordinator that does have that NFL experience, The and they script all their plays like high school. And that first two series of scripted plays were awesome. What do you think, Stan? I mean, they were – that was really what we needed to get on the go really quick. Well, I think Leggett showed up early. Uh, of course, Wells showing up early helped. Uh, after Wells went out, that kind of – you got to find somebody else to go to. Rattler did start getting some pressure. He didn't have all day to sit back there and throw the ball, but he was still able to find people. We had receivers that could get open on the play, and I think that kind of might have surprised the Georgia – 
DBs a little bit how they were getting open. And Rattler was finding the open guy. Uh, they made some changes, of course, and, and the defensive pressure started coming. We lost another offensive lineman to injury. We can't do that uh, if you Carolina. Georgia lost one of their big offensive guards or tackles to uh, – I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, Mims has had – he had surgery on his ankle this morning. This morning, so he's gone for the year. And, and then Anderson's uh, going to be out for a little while from yeah, Dorman. So, yeah. that, that's you know, like you said, uh, but, O-line's where we can't have injuries and we had them. Right. And, um, you know, Georgia, I think we – Carolina came out and smacked them in the mouth. I think the – and missing the two field goals that they missed. We, we, we can't – Forget about that. I mean, that was two in the first half. It could have very well, six points. You're right. Been a been a fourteen nine game at the half, uh, but it was fourteen to three. I think uh, Carolina scored on Georgia in the first quarter. That kind of might have slapped them in the face a little bit. Then they scored the second one and another slap, in the, and all of a sudden the Georgia people. Yeah, they were surrender they, they, cobra. They, 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 they were they were looking for the parachute. They were wanting to get out of there, but uh, yeah, Georgia my buddy came out and uh, in the third quarter. And I think we had a a penalty in that first drive that they had that uh, gave them a first and ten or something. Uh, one of these, you know, not thinking no brain penalties, and uh, and that allowed Georgia to keep. Going down the field, possession of the ball. But uh, you know, I thought we played uh, well. I mean, still no run. I was intrigued early in the game. They put Anderson in. Uh, and this is a kid that was recruited as a running back. So we're actually playing a running back. <laughs> and and he actually, I thought he, yeah, he didn't break no sixty yarders or anything. But he got some yardage, and I felt like, okay, this is what we need. We need that running back to get us three, four, five, six yards just to help keep that Georgia defense honest. But once they saw we weren't going to play a running back, I mean, the carry-on did okay, but most of his stuff was passes. Now, he did get the one wildcat touchdown. but Yeah, it was all short yardage. I mean, yeah. he had, what, five carries for ten yards total. Yeah, and, and one touchdown. So, I mean, yeah. you know, you got the – you got to get more production out of that. Uh, part of that too is the offensive line, but um, you know we Rattler again. I'll have to give it to him. The the two t- the two ints he had were within the last two minutes, minute and a half of the game, and he was just trying to make a big play under pressure. And you know Georgia made the two interceptions, which. Yeah. Hurt, but uh, and the defense I thought played really well in the first. It was a tale of two halves. The first half was all Carolina, <laughs> second half was all Georgia in that regard. But the defense, for the most part, still in the second half, limiting that Georgia run game was huge. I mean, Georgia really well, had to come out with ways in order to get the ball to the playmakers uh, out on the flat and little bubble screens and things to get them started. Well, and I too, and here again, we always talk about it. I think Carolina just didn't have enough Jimmys and Joes to play sixty minutes with the Georgia. With the talent level that they have, we're just not there. Uh, we did see a few freshmen being played here and there, spotty, um, which is, you know, are you doing it because of injury or are you doing it because the guy's that good? I mean, he's still having to flip the coin there. There were a few freshmen that I would like to have seen on the field that we didn't see, but uh, 
you know, maybe the coaches don't feel like they're quite ready yet, and that's that's their job. So. Well, yeah, and watching the the, the presser afterwards, um, and and then I've got Sunday's post game here. I'll, I'll I'll play that for you as well. But watching what he had to say about how his team played, he wasn't so much concerned about the aspects that we just mentioned. He was more concerned about the eleven penalties that yeah. Caroline ended up having, and, and that hurt us. That's what you call shooting yourself in the foot. So, yep. Yeah, and and we've seen it at Greenwood this year. We've seen it at Clemson. You know, that's that's the, like those mindless things that, uh, that shouldn't be happening, but they're still happening. Still out there. Um, All right. Well, here is Shane Beamer and his uh, post game conference uh, after uh, they got done uh, with the team meeting, getting ready to go to the bus. First of all, uh, congrats to uh, Kirby and Jordan. Championship team does, and while they've won back-to-back national championships, coming back in the second half and, and playing uh, like they did, <clears throat> uh, proud as heck of our players. They fought their butts off. Uh, the way the first half went wasn't a shock to anyone, guys. I know the story's like, oh, my God, how is South Carolina in this thing? Like, we expected this. And uh, um, anybody that's surprised by that hasn't watched us play the last couple years. Um, really proud of our team. We did <clears throat> what we were supposed to do there in the first half. And then, um, you know, second half, you give Georgia credit, but we had four keys to this game, and one of them was make them, make them earn it. And we didn't do a good enough job of making them earn it. I mean, I just got a, a list of just self-inflicted things in the second half. We try and block a punt at the end of the game. We got 10 guys on the field. We fourth and 15, and we're trying to chip the edge, and we don't chip the edge. Uh, back-to-back pre-snap penalties. Uh, uh, personnel issues, trying to get people in and out of the game defensively. That's on us as coaches. We give up a sack on third down when we're in field goal range. Can't happen. We're about to tie the game there. We get a holding penalty on a kickoff return. Uh, we had drops. I mean, just didn't play clean football in the second half, and that's that's frustrating because our kids played their butts off, gave us an opportunity to win the game. And, uh, you know, like I said, the key was make them earn it. And, and they're a championship team, and they, they, they beat us in the second half. But, you know, we, we, uh, we helped them in a lot of ways as well, which is, which is frustrating. But, you know, told our team in the locker room, we're proud of the fight. Uh, one, one of our sayings around our program is just staying in the fight. And uh, our guys stayed in the freaking fight today and uh, gave us a chance to win all the way throughout um, the fourth quarter. And then I'm more convinced than ever what kind of a team we can be. Uh, we just went toe to toe with the number one team in the country, the defend, back-to-back defending national champions, and and um, you know gave ourselves an opportunity was to win it in the fourth quarter. We said all week, let's just get this thing to the fourth quarter, and we did, and uh, just weren't able to get it done. But uh, we, we, there's no question, we are a better football team than what we were two nights ago, or two weeks ago in Charlotte, and we will continue to improve as the year goes on uh, as well. I mean, we had a, started a true freshman at left tackle today, started a true freshman at safety. You know, our young guys continue to get better, and, and our older guys. I mean, you, we got a bunch of guys that have played a lot of football around here, starting with our quarterback, and he played his butt off today and gave us an opportunity, and, and uh, disappointing we didn't get it done. Questions? All right, so there you have Shane Beamer and his comments, uh, what he had to say for the University of South Carolina as they took on Georgia uh, at the end of the night on Saturday after all that went through. And, and really none of it kind of a surprise, but he's seeing a lot of the positives, I think, of where his team can be and where they can go. So he has a goal of where they want to go, and he's got a method of getting there. And Gamecock fans have to realize that. Well, you look at it, too, and going into the game, they were, what, 27, 28-point dogs. Mm-hmm. And you get beat by 10 by the two-time defending national champion at their place. 
So, you know, you, you kind of you don't believe in moral victories. You don't. But from what you saw on the field, like Coach Beamer alluded to, he started two freshmen on the offensive line in the SEC game. Not only a SEC game, but you're playing the best team in the SEC, best team in the nation. And they held their own for the biggest part. For the first half. And then yeah. the second half, it kind of, it, you saw the toll well, that, and the that, inexperience the that, that came in. Yeah. And getting tired. I and mean, and that, you know, that offensive line is still going to be a question, yeah. I think, as the year goes on. It and and it, like you say, by the time they get to Cle- the Clemson, they may be like they were last year and just totally un- un- immovable. But then you look at what T.J. Sanders was doing on the defensive side of the ball. I think he had nine tackles, two for loss, a sack. I mean, you know, there's bright spots there, and and there are bright spots to come. It's just well, it, keep them positive. The thing though is, <laughs> Rattler is going to be tired by the time yeah. this SEC schedule gets over and done with. Yeah. Uh, you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy if they keep running him and running these plays for him to run out? I mean, yeah, he's a great playmaker, but you've got to get a running game established somehow, some way, so that he doesn't get himself hurt. He's been the running game. They blitzed him every game, and that was what we told Greg at Touchdown Club: don't blitz him. And you'll have a better shot to win this game, and they did. Week in, week out, I hear coach. I, you know, and it's just getting to where I'm just I'm frustrated because he sees a team I can't see. He keeps telling me how this football team is going to be at the end of the year. But again, my problem last year: where was this team at that beat Tennessee and beat? We're there again. We're going. There is no moral victories. I don't give moral victories. You want participation trophy? Go, <laughs> go where, to the YMCA. Yeah. Go wherever. Yeah. I think there are positives to be seen, but as a coach, I get what he's doing. He can't let on that we're not where we need to be. But like I said, we're so used to Spencer just doing it everything by himself. How do you play your butt off? And then the last statement your coach made is we can't have that sack or those two picks where they occurred. You just got to look at the guy in the eye and say, look, those are three mistakes you made. Grow from them. But don't continue to pat him on the back because he's doing whatever he's doing this is and this is what this this is driving me crazy about NIL. For years, as, as a former coach, you coach Stan, you coach swimming. You never want to make it an I in team because there is no I in team. But this is why I hate NIL, and this is why I don't like Heisman trophies and stuff. I mean, you get away from team. What do you want to call it? Concepts to where one man's doing everything, and then the other players see him doing that, and he's being rewarded for it. That's where we are, and it, this, isn't, this isn't college no more, man. Like I tell you, this is a paid business. And like I said, I, I continue week in, week out. We were better than we were in Charlotte. No, we weren't. We still lost the game. We lost in Charlotte, and Stan might have saw an improvement. I don't know. I, to, to be playing the number one team in Georgia, in Athens, the way Georgia's played the first three games of the year, that's not saying anything to me. That's just not saying anything to me because Georgia has not played Georgia football. Now, this could be the week, Stan, that we hope that we can run the ball, turn around against the Mississippi State team, and we're not going to go into that because that will be for the Thursday or the whatever day we decide to do it this week. But I'm just – I don't see all the accolades that, that were given that, that we didn't – I look at wins and losses, and eventually that's what he's going to have to do. I will give Stan credit on something because he said that the one thing about Dowell Loggins is he can script plays. But are we scripting plays for the players that we have right now? Or are we scripting plays on what he's had in the past? You got to look at what we got. What's the kid's name, Stan? Barabay, the lineman, the true yeah. freshman. That should be your, your SEC lineman of the week 
in the SEC because he, he had, what, eight pancakes? Like His that. stats were unreal. And like I said, he's, he's Barabee or something like that. I'd never heard of him. You know, we thought it'd be Marquis Anderson and, and uh, the kid from Abbeville, John, um, Trey, Jones. Trey Jones. I mean, you know, at some point in time, I would like to see them use Trey Jones when you get the goal line. He played fullback and running back at Abbeville. That's a big man to try to pull down when you're at the two-yard line. I don't care if you're Georgia or not. But like I said, you got to keep your team positive. I do understand that. But don't – I mean, don't treat the fans like we're babies. I mean, we see what's being put on the field week in and week out. North Carolina was so disappointing to me that it's it's still back there. Furman wasn't much better. This wasn't much better. And I guess I'm going to need to see about a 52-7 to win over Mississippi State next week. And I hope we see it. I just don't think we will, and we're going to hear more of this – Coach speak as he calls it. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but the key to Georgia, Kirby's doing it the right way. You know who called Carson Beck at halftime of that game? The 39th. <laughs> they allowed him to call Carson Beck and give him two minutes of his time when they're in the halftime. Carson, I mean, uh, the 39th said okay. that yesterday on the game after the Rams game. He said, I got to talk to Carson Beck. I haven't been able to to him all year. But I just called him at halftime and said, man, you're better than this. <laughs> So the t- he's still haunting me. He's in the pros now, and he's still haunting me. <laughs> he may have a future in the in coaching. He, but he, but he probably he's, does. He's been on the uh, do, didn't, cannot play list, but not for football-related injuries. Yeah, he, yeah, that couple. So, yeah. Well, well, couple I don't, you know, uh, in that, other words, you did that. something really stupid yeah, to hurt yourself, and, uh, and the team's not yeah. going to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> And he did that, Georgia. He just didn't have to worry about it there because he yeah. was the king. So, all right. So, let's go on. Yeah, moving on. on uh, Clemson Tigers. They had uh, Florida Atlantic come into town. Everybody's like, "Look out for Florida Atlantic." The Tigers scored thirty-four <laughs> points before halftime. It was forty-eight fourteen for the final in that one. But you can kind of say that it kind of went Clemson's. Everything was going Clemson's way. One when uh, Williams tipped the pass that went to Randall and went in for the score. You're thinking, "Well, everything's going right." Play the ball game. Yeah, everything's going right as of right now. The football gods are with the Tigers. And then Wiggins uh, with the interception that. Uh, I mean, he had that poor quarterback just totally fooled. <laughs> um, and it was a full sprint from the time he caught the ball to the end zone in that regard. And then from then on, it, it was it was all Tigers. But um, Klubnik, I thought, you know, he played a good game. He didn't take too many negative yards when he did uh, end up rushing. He did take a couple of, of uh, uh, I think, really good shots downfield in the process of trying to take the top off the defense. It kind of worked mainly in the second half. But for the most part, uh, this is what Clemson needed, I think, overall, just to get confidence in themselves again. Two weeks in a row, and that's what needed to happen. And that's what the coaching staff did a really good job of doing it. I mean, like I said, you do it against Charleston Southern, and then you get another opportunity here. Um, I haven't seen anything on the, the Cole Turner injury. I know he's that, out for the year. Is he done? Yeah, okay. He's done for the year. Uh, and you hate to see that for a guy that's already been battling some injuries before, but that's, that is tough news there for the Tigers. But, you know, like I said, he should have another year to come back if he chooses to do so. Trust me, if Nicholas Cage can come back from what he just went through with the Jets, I mean with the <laughs> Jets, yeah, he'll be fine because Nicholas Cage said he'll be back next year. He'll be back next year. Well, I mean, and two, I think Clubnick came out the way we want it wants him to come out. Well, the whole team, let's just put it on the whole team, but they came out playing, last week we were calling it uninspired football. That's what it looked like. And this week they came out, we may not, it may not be up to the level that most Clemson people are accustomed to, 
but it's what we felt like they should be able to do in the first half. Uh, and going back to what Coach Sweeney said, you know, we just got to go take care of business, and we got it's business as usual. Well, that was pretty good business for the first half, a lot like Carolina. But then the second half, you came out a little bit flat. But, you know, you made some corrections, you got some changes, and you win the ball game uh, pretty much what everybody thought it was going to be. I don't remember the line in that one. I think it was about 27, 28. It was the so. same as ours. It was 27. Yeah. And like so, I said, I felt you know, like Thompson would do more, but he got hurt. Yeah, but that, and that's – and Clemson did what they're supposed to do. So, you know, I will tell you this, Tyler Brown – yeah. It's going to be the next big thing that's coming in. I mean, we saw him at, at Greenville, Greenville yeah. and he hurt us more than um, – Maisie uh, Bennett. Bennett did. And, and, and Bennett's good, but Brown, to me, is a much better receiver. And he's a lot faster, I think, than – I hope you're wrong is. with that because Maisie was coming to Carolina. So. <laughs> well, well, you mean, got Omega Blake that is just phenomenal. And he has really been playing good. We didn't yeah. talk about Omega Blake, but he's a receiver we haven't expected. Did I, don't be stunned Saturday if he's not in the backfield. We may try to make a Blake run the football to see if we can get anything broken on the end. But well, remember, he played quarterback too yeah, for South. Park, South. Park. So. Oh, I remember because somebody <laughs> decided to leave me up there my first time. I don't know who would have done that. <laughs> and I was like, but, uh, 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 uh. But, but anyway. I, I think you know, it's um, Clemson is correcting a lot of mistakes. And um, do they have to play a perfect game against Florida State coming into the valley? I think the line opened up at two and a half, Florida State. Uh, but really, the way I look at that, because the home team always gets three. They get three. So yeah. you take that three plus the two and a half, the odds are far state by five and a half. But, I, you know, if it's that close, if I'm a Clemson fan, I'm worried about it because of my kicking situation. Well, and man, we that's what that I was going to address freshman, next. I mean, uh, yeah, he hit some extra points. He missed some extra he points. Extra I'm just saying, points. he missed. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, I, and now this year, okay, this game, coming into this game, you're Dabo. Uh, who's your number two guy, number one? Who's your number two guy? How long do we keep taking chances with this guy? You know, if you send him out and he misses extra point, do you put him on the bench and bring your number two guy out? Or if he misses a field goal, and, and let's just call it a chip shot, a 30-yard field goal, maybe he pulls it wide left or pushes it right. Do you pull him out and say, number two, start warming that leg up because you're getting the next chance, or you're going to pat him on the helmet and say, okay, go get him next time. Uh, he's already been well, through this with Potter, uh, so we don't uh, want to deal yeah. with it. The, the, the thing is, is, is and, and you got to remember, Kastner is the backup, and he yeah. was the one that was behind um, Big Potter. Gun from last Potter from last year, yeah. and and he got his chances to kick, yeah. and he would, and he he made the most of his chances to kick. He's just up yeah. against a phenomenal freshman right now that I think is a little overwhelmed by the speed of well, what is coming I, I, at him. That's what that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he needs some a lot like Klubnik. He needs game time experience because we know practice. Clubnick's sitting back there with a red shirt and nobody's hitting him. And the kicker's down there by himself yeah. with a little stick holding it, kicking, you know. But remember what Dabo balls. does to kickers. He will 
he will yeah. take them and put them back there somewhere, and they won't play the following week. I really don't think Robert Gunn is going to is going to play against Florida State. I think we're going to see Quinn Kastner doing all the place oh, kicking okay. duties. I think you have to in a big game. I'm looking at it now; it's drawn up. Um, I had a chance that y'all didn't do probably, but I watched Boston College, Florida State. Mm-hmm. Boston College had them beat down up there. 18 penalties in that game against Boston College is the only reason Florida State came out on top. And that's what Coach Heffley said. He said, man, we just killed ourselves today. And they were they were just inopportune penalties, opportune time. You had a lot of false starts. Two repping the passer calls on fourth down in the fourth quarter that really hurt them. Um, that I, one, I wasn't sure that should have been probably a personal foul, but you can't take a chance and throw them down after the play is over. And that's what allowed Florida State to win. So but, you, but, here's, but here's the same scenario. You're going into Clemson, and these are the same type penalties that Clemson, up until this past week, had been kind of leaning toward. All of a sudden, now you're going to have the Valley packed for a 12 o'clock game. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you won't have 20,000 empty seats. It's uh, going to be loud. It's gonna be loud uh, is it going to be too much? Even for clubbing, it, you know. This game's going to be happening a little bit faster than Florida Atlantic. I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see both teams come out with that. Which team can get deal with it? Which team can get their emotions in check Mm -hmm. first? And Clemson better come out this week, this week like they did last week, playing inspired football. If they don't, Florida State going to get might hand it to them. Now Florida State could come out flat too. We don't know. And I've already watched I don't know them. what Travis – I don't know what his status is. It's probably game day decision. But uh, their number two quarterback didn't look too bad. Mm-hmm. And that was a cheap shot on Travis, to be honest with yeah. you. But, but I just wasn't I – mean, like I said, I, I have no trouble coming on here and saying this is the biggest joke of a number four team in the country that there is. If Alabama was ranked that high. <laughs> Clemson, I'm telling you, I know what the spread is, but – I think defensively, all they got to do is play their normal defense. I mean, because you're going to shut. Here's what you're going to do at Clemson. You're going to shut Benson down. That's the running back that we're talking about at Florida State. He's got 43 carries, 164 yards, four touchdowns from inside, like the two yard line. So that's four gifts, basically. You shut that down, I think you're okay there. Travis, if he's game time, granted, what Stan says pretty good, but he hasn't had first snaps until this week. He'll be getting them today. Um, he looked okay, but I was like, Travis has got to play if there's any chance for them to win this game. He's got to play. If Travis plays, this will be what? We're three games in, so that's mm-hmm. seven. This will be what? Five of the last seven game, ten games that Clemson has played that they faced. For just lack of a better word, an elite quarterback, better than average. Oh, yeah. College quarterback, guy, yeah. and they and they haven't had a whole lot of success against these highly mobile, highly accurate quarterbacks. Now, last year we can we can attribute to youth in the secondary. Um, well, man, they still year, beat Clemson. They still beat Florida yeah, State last I mean, year. Yeah, so. and and then you still got to go um, play the game, and we're going. 
All right. Well, we'll, so, we'll get into the Florida State. Them hills will be rocking, buddy. Yeah. They'll be rocking. <laughs> we'll go that route. Um, uh, let's move on down to the coast down there because uh, the boys in Teal really put an Stand absolute ready. beating uh, on you, the cube. You might as well just hand every one of them kids the NIL. Um, they were eating post-game meal at halftime. Yeah, 66-7 the final down there. Uh, Sam Pickney, uh, our very own, was one of ten people that scored for yeah. <laughs> For the uh, uh, Coastal Carolina, that, that show that that's what you mean when you say share the ball, mm-hmm. share the wealth. Uh, when you get ten different people, now you only play eleven on the offensive side, and five of them are offensive linemen that usually don't <laughs> score. So you know uh, you got a lot of different ball carriers and a lot of different ways to win ball games, and yeah. of course this team. They've done it since game one. They've come out, and they're going to smack you in the mouth and say, we're here to win the football game on the first play. And they not just they're, – they're putting it up. I mean, it was 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Second play into the second quarter, it was 28 to nothing. 45 nothing at half. Uh, then they started calling the student body out. Anybody want to try out, we'll put a jersey on you. <laughs> Ain't got your name on the back, but go play. Uh, it was it, – and now Duquesne, I will say, Duquesne was probably a little overmatched in this game. Uh, there, there, You could see Duquesne had a few dudes, but they just didn't have enough dudes. I mean, Coastal could just do anything they wanted to offense. That's a fun problem to have. That's a problem that we don't have in Columbia. And I don't that Riley hadn't got any Clemson yet, uh, but it's a good problem to have. Coach Beck has done a wonderful job. Let's say that right off the bat. I was really wondering how you do come in, and we know that Jamie Chavel didn't leave him bare. No. Um, so he walked in a good situation, and and this is what I mean when I when I when I joke about Dow Loggins. This is a real, this is an offensive coordinator. That's now a head coach who brought in another great coordinator in Coach Trickett that Mr. Montgomery always talks about Coach Trickett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, every right. interview he's ever been with us, he's talking about it. That's what you got to have. You got to have a coordinator. And, no, I, again, I don't want Bobo back. I'm just saying. I like having a guy that knows the sheets. Like Stan let me see some sheets the other week up at the high school. I like being able to see the sheets and know that we got it scripted. So, good game by him. I'm going to tell you, I'm very proud. I, I'd like to have seen Sam had 10 touchdowns in that game. But but it's not going to happen because it ain't. That, that, that's sharing. You I got mean, too, many too many freshman receivers, let's well, call them. Well, you, plus the running backs. That <laughs> uh, you got, Braden, uh, Bennett, C.J. Beasley, good yeah. gosh. You got I so mean, many running backs in there that, oh, my goodness, we could pick three. Beasley and and um, what's the one? Reese White. Reese White. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If we could have any of those in Columbia, and, and, we would probably and take the them. The thing about it, you don't hear any of these kids. Moan. Now we don't. Now it, uh, it might be down there somewhere, but in talking to the kids down there, you're not hearing that this one's upset because he didn't get the ball. He wasn't targeted but twice, or he didn't get to run the ball but twice. You're not hearing all that. Just give me the ball, coach, when you. You know, call a play if it's my number. I'm gonna give you 110. percent That's that's Coach Beck. Yeah, and and that's the way this team has been for the last three, four years. All right. Well, here's Coach Beck at his post game conference. What he had to say at the game against uh, uh, Duquesne. This, Duquesne this last. I can't <laughs> say it night. Yeah, I thought uh, a very complete game tonight. I was really proud of our guys. Um, you know, we we talked about being a good football team and. 
Uh, we felt like we needed to execute in all three phases of the game. And uh, I think we were able to put together a, a pretty good game tonight um, in all three phases of the game. And so I was pleased and a good football team that executes has an opportunity to, to do what we did. So I was, I was proud of our guys. Coach, um, obviously, you know, y'all did a really good job running the ball uh, today. Had a lot of guys uh, do really well. One in particular was Javon Simpkins saw action, you know, on six carries. He had 50 yards, 8.3 yards per carry, got a touchdown. Do you see, uh, how do you see, think Javon performed? Will he see some more playing time as the year progresses? Uh, Javon did a, a good job, you know. He's an electrifying player. We knew that uh, in recruiting him. But we also got a, a stable of running backs. Right. And there's only one football, and it's hard to continually, you know, um, single out any one player on our football team because I think we got a lot of talented guys in the backfield. We got some talented guys on the perimeter. So um, we just keep distributing the ball, and, you know, and he keeps working and earning time. And, you know, we'll see how, how that goes as the season goes because usually as the season goes, um, you're going to need him somewhere, and so it was good to get him in the game and get some action for him. Uh, you have a, obviously a big conference game coming up on Thursday, only four games between day, uh, four days between games. How important was it for you to try to get your a big lead and get your starters out? Yeah, it was. You know, in hindsight, we obviously wanted to win the game, right? And wanted to play well, and we did, and we were able to get good lead. Our defense, you know, two touchdowns. Um, so that helped, and it obviously allowed us to do that. So I think that's going to be huge in terms of our rest factor, injury prevention, those types of things, because it is a short week, right? to recover fast and get back to work. There you have to Coach Tim Beck with the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers and his post-game comments there. He reminds me kind of a little more verbal Bill Belichick <laughs> when he goes through this interview process. If I had my eyes closed, I thought it was Shane Beamer in a way, but just the way the, their progression is when they do their interviews. Thursday night's a big game, Stan. You got you got Sean Elliott and Georgia State coming back. That's Coach Trickett. That's Sam's former team. And I, that'll be maybe one of the biggest games on Thursday night this week. And it's at Coastal. It's at Bennett's Field. So. Yep. On the teal turf. On the teal turf. It'll be fun to watch on Thursday night. It'll be uh, broadcast to the entire nation. So I will say I do not like the black helmets with the teal. I mean, <laughs> you didn't like those? The black helmets with cool. the teal helmets. I I'd much like rather the see the white. Helmet with uh, oh, Florida State's helmets were awful in yeah, white. Did you that, see the yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was another one I was getting ready. Uh, there was two two games I saw this weekend where when you turn it on, you expect to see one thing. You know, I, I've always seen you know Coastal come out all black with the white helmet, good looking uniform. Florida State come out with their burgundy and gold and all with the. Hell, go ahead. And they come out with a white helmet. I'm like, who is that? Yeah. Is that Penn State? You know, Dambo will get run off if Clemson ever comes yeah. out with white helmets. Yeah, I mean. I, as he should, probably. But I had no trouble with it. I, I told Sam, like, the uniform scheme that they went to UCLA with the white. Yeah. yeah. And the, the white, you know, the jerseys and stuff, too. I kind of like that, too. But I, I didn't mind. I thought it was pretty cool. I'm still waiting on them to break that chrome helmet that we've seen a couple of times because, yeah. you know, I'm a chrome guy. You I'd love to see chrome helmets on everybody. You well, I mean, and you may see that. Gentlemen, have a good day.
You may, you may, you may see that this weekend with, or this Thursday with, with Georgia, Georgia State, State coming in. Uh, that that you know nothing's going to surprise me nowadays because it's coaches trying to find ways to keep all the kids happy, to give the kids something to kind of brag about and look at, and something a little different without being different. We all know we got to have helmets, and it's just like when they broke broke out the orange pants for the first time. I mean, you go out and you warm up in your white pants, and all of a sudden you come in, there's these big boxes in the in the locker room, and everybody gets a pair of orange pants, and they come out, and it just electrifies the crowd. So, you know, coaches do all kind of stuff. They do. All right, well, then moving right along, uh, we got two more two football teams to talk about. Um, PC and Erskine. Let's talk about PC here first. As, Big win. Uh, this Huge was, win. <laughs> this was, you know, Steve uh, Engelhardt, he has got to be thrilled. Uh, it's been, what, since 1994 since they've had a win uh, against Wofford. And this time, got to look at their sophomore quarterback. Tyler Wesley ended up hitting their senior tight end, Worth Warner, uh, with about 28 seconds remaining for the go ahead touchdown. In that regard, they come away with a 20 to 23 win. Uh, over the Walford Terriers in this one. And, and from what everybody's telling me, that place was absolutely nuts. I guarantee you <laughs> it was it. rocking. The Bailey. Like I said, that's a good Walford team they beat. Sean Watson's throwing good talent on the field. And they've, I mean, like I said, they start off against Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. uh, an ACC team. So that's a huge win for them. Got to like it. So, uh, you know, it, it proves to me a lot of people were starting to say that, well, PC will never be a Division One program again. With the way Steve Englehart has them going as of right now, I'd say that they, uh, they, if they wanted to change conferences now in, in the football, they could. Everything else is playing Division One. It's just football they're playing down that, that, to that NAIA division. Yeah. Which is, I'd like to see him get to it like he like he's kind of wanting to. I think that, and like I said, you got a new AD over there. That lady yeah. is changing a lot of things out and the culture and everything. That's going to be a place we need to take the ride to. Well, I think it's Bailey Field going, as being Lakeland going, sports guys. I mean, I think what you're going to see too. A lot of these ten, uh, lower tier teams like that, they're going to be picking up better freshmen. Because they're going to they're going to keep recruiting high school, where the bigger colleges are going to really limit their high school recruitment and look more toward the portal and instant help. Um, you're going to have some kids that enter the portal that nobody picks up. Well, all of a sudden, if a PC calls you, if you want to play, and you want to change your scenery, that's where you go. So they're going to pick up some help. Tom, where's this guy from? Do you know where he's going to hop from? Because I'm going to tell you the quote that he had in the paper the other day. I, I don't remember. He told me, how can you be at PC and not recruit high school players when you got Newberry? And he even threw Greenwood in there. He said, look, you got Newberry, Clinton, Greenwood, Lawrence. And he said, I can even go up a little ways further up to the Malden and then Greenville and, and Norman Spartan and Gaffney. He, that's what he said. He said, one of the reasons I looked at this job really intently was because of the recruiting places around the school. And he said, we got a great field that we know they do. Yeah. And he said, it's a good university. He said, and he even said, he said, we got a brand new athletic director. She's wanting to shake things up. And that's why I took this job and we're going to shake it up. I, this guy's, I'm telling you, look out. Because what Stan's talking about that portal, there, you might have a kid like a, I would say an akin to Ramp. I don't know well, where he's well, at. I, I know where I don't know where he's at. But well, you just take somebody like a Sam Pickney. Exactly. That was down yeah. at Georgia State. Yeah. The offensive coordinator leaves, mm -hmm. and 
Sam saying the new coordinators coming in is is run heavy. I'm a wide receiver. I, I want to go to a team that's going to throw the ball. Now Sam had already graduated, so it was a little different situation. But I go to Coastal. They've been throwing the ball all over the ballpark for three years. You know they got a gunslinger down there, yeah. that Grayson McCall. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know you're going to get players like that. You know. You may have somebody that's out of North Greenville or Furman that, for whatever reason, they might not be getting along with their position coach or don't like the scheme that's being played. Let me go down here and look at this PC team. Let me go over here and look at this Erskine team and go for it. I know one kid that has already, and ironically enough, he's the only Lakelands that's going to make the Shrine Bowl. We're so, going to get into the So you can tell them who that is because I can tell you where he's already been. He's been to PC. I saw that earlier this week. I'm going to tell right, you. Well, we'll get into that when we get to the high school aspects of it. Yeah. Yep. Just so you know, um, Coach Englehart, uh, he was 13 years at Florida Institute of Technology and Rose Hillman Institute of Technology. FIT. Yeah. Okay. Before he came here. Got to be smart to coach there. That's kind of like MIT. Yeah. <laughs> so just the Florida version of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to go that way. And then uh, Erskine just ran into a buzzsaw with uh, number 17 ranked Lenore Ryan in, in Division II, um, you know, suffering their first loss in the sack uh, by number 17, uh, Lenore Ryan. This this wasn't even pretty from the get-go. I mean, Lenore Ryan had 14 points in the first half, a 35 in the or first quarter, 35 in the second quarter, and then they finally come out at halftime and put some subs in and six in the third seven. But Erskine went, didn't score at all. They had a total, total yardage um, for them uh, was 56 total yards to 480 for Lenore Ryan. This, but Tom, in their defense, this was a good football team. Lenore Ryan's a is very yeah. talented football team, and they're probably the good, if you want to pick a team to probably win their division, that's probably who I would go with because they play so well as a unit. They're well coached, and then, like I said, they they just play well. So hopefully we're going to get things to turned around a little bit. Uh, Craig Pender, just so you know, in this game, eight passes for 72 yards in the game. Um, Jamar Moore, again, a game-high five receptions, 47 of those uh, for the fleet. And then Caleb Gleason also added on defense. He had nine tackles, and uh, Dominic Hodges ended up forcing the fumble. So, you know, they didn't give up. They played all the way through to the final buzzer. You got 10 guys or 10 tackles, you're playing, yeah. You're playing good. So that leads to uh, what's going to happen with Newberry and the Wolves coming into (laughs) town at J.W. Bapp Stadium to take on the Flying Fleet as uh, they may be a little tired. That was a long game. Eight OTs, buddy. (laughs) Eight OTs. Eight of them uh, it took. And and of those OTs, two of them, nobody scored. And and I'm thinking – Which is unusual. Yeah. as much as you think the players may be tired and kind of beat up, can you imagine what that offensive coaching staff – I mean, they drawing plays up in the dirt because you just don't have, <laughs> you know, that many plays that you can call that's inside the five or inside the ten. And then your two-point tries inside. No, uh-uh. the The offensive coaches and the defensive coaches – what do we scheme against, Coach? Well, keep them out of the end zone. <laughs> you know, that's all you can tell them. Best that you can. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, things happen so quick when you get down there on the goal line. I mean, a quick slant, a quick out. You think he's going to the back corner of the end zone, and all of a sudden 
he's turning right at the front pylon and you throwing a back shoulder. I mean, you know, and oh, next one, oh, well, we're just going to hand it to the running back right up the A-gap. Oh, that's a big old hole right there because he's trying, the linebacker's trying to get out there to cover that other, that tight yeah. end on that side. And and Emory and Henry is no slouch whatsoever. I mean, they're two and one overall, but you know now they're zero and one in their conference play with Newberry. It's going to be fun in in that Southern yeah. Conference uh, when you look and you add North Greenville and in, in that crowd in in amongst all of this as well. And you got to throw College uh, Charleston Southern in. Yeah, I mean, good gosh, they they have turned themselves around and and made themselves a big factor, particularly winning against North Greenville earlier. That's why, yeah, North Charleston's definitely one you're going to put in there. So we're going to add that in there. All right, anything else college-wise we need to hit, guys? We good? I, we, I, good. I, we could spend 10 hours yeah, on Yeah, we can so. keep going. There's all <laughs> hey, man, kind, there's of, B, right? Hold there's on one all minute. kind Hold of on. games we can talk about. Clemson, A plus, B, what you give them? Last game, B plus. B plus. Did you stay for the entirety? Okay. Well, he no, I can promise Proud you he does because he puts yeah. his on Facebook. <laughs> hey, it's like it's like I always tell people: if you're gonna spend that kind of money on your tickets, you better stay. And you started early too, by the way. I, you started early, so that's good. But you're going back to your normal game time this week. Don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got home in time to see about all the Colorado game, didn't you? <laughs> Good you, were, gosh. you were already Two awake in the morning yeah, to go to yeah. overtime. Well, the like, thing about it, if you if you watch the Clemson game or if you went to Clemson, by the time you get home, if you're like us, because we do it on football Friday nights, when you get through with the game and you you know you got to t- just kind of wind down a little bit, and so you sit down just like I did. Say I, I sat down and just well, I'm gonna just flip it over here. Next thing I know, it's 2.30 in the morning, and I'm still sitting there in my chair watching this Colorado <laughs> game. And I'm they, saying, they i got to get to up in the morning. They are exciting to watch. All right, so we are at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. Come by and see B-Rad. He gets happy hour started here roughly around uh, 4, 4.30 is when the crowd starts rolling in. And uh, they've also got some great food, great hospitality to go along with it. So come on by and see Howard and his staff here at Howard's on Main. Uh, breakfast, lunch, and maybe a midnight snack before dinner. I'm not going to give you that now. But, <laughs> but now you, I like what you're doing. You're starting to switch it up a little bit. What was today? Pastrami or? Um, today I had, I had the, the Reuben. Reuben. He did have the Reuben. So, see, every day is a new sandwich for Tom Carroll. He's got off the 52 for a little bit. He He's probably told to lay off the hamburgers right now. So <laughs> that, that might be part of it. And like I said, Thursday, I'm sure you're going to get the other one. I won't be here to see it, but you will get your twice baked. Yeah. Friday night I had wings thanks to Clyde. Oh, yeah. They, yep. they did great. And like I said, take a bow, take a bow. <laughs> they now, were good. Now, were they ready when you got here, Tom, or not? They, well, well, and we we we, uh, we we asked for twenty, and I think we got about sixty. So okay, well, I mean, well look, care if us. you're not ready when you get here, they will give you extra. Clyde is yeah. for that. He's he's for all customer satisfaction. Yeah, so come on, so, by. and they were good. Take part in it. They smelt the, the press food. box up. Thank goodness, because I don't want to know what it would have smelled like in there. Well, it's better than those sandwiches that they had, oh. they had brought in earlier. Well, they didn't, <laughs> and they didn't even offer us anything. So uh, right. I didn't say that, y'all didn't. Yeah. Pay, they, when, edit <laughs> that you. out. I got you. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about high school. We're going to start off with the big news that happened on Sunday. They went ahead and the uh, uh, went ahead and named the Shrine Bowl Shrine for the Bowl. Carolinas for South Carolina and North Carolina. Um, when you look at quarterbacks, uh, Crestwoods, Javion Martin, and also Rock Hills, Matthew Wilson 
are the quarterbacks that are there. And you're thinking, Rock Hill, I mean, I can understand where's, the press. Where's but Carter Wood? Well, he's only a junior, so he's yeah. not going to be eligible. Junior. Okay. Well, the junior court, what about the one at Northwestern, though? He's a junior, too? or is he, I thought he was a senior. I thought he was a senior this year, too. Because, I mean, you don't think of Rock Hill anymore. You think no, of South Point. South Point of <laughs> Northwestern. Yeah. Yeah, Rock Hill's the one usually yeah. that's in Catawba Ridge. And maybe that's why. He's, they, he's putting out huge numbers this year because they're just not that great. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, running backs, you got uh, Travion Dunbar yeah. out of Midland Valley, which – Everybody is seeing we may the see. numbers that he – yeah, we may see him eventually. And uh, Deshaun Reeder out of Christ Church, oh, we've definitely seen him. Yeah. And then we've seen Turbo Richards out of Northwestern. Those are your three running backs that you're going to have on there. Wide receivers, Christian Zachary out of Calhoun County. Uh, Annex Smith out of Somerville. Um, somebody that we're going to see and we saw last year, Jamar Boston from Westside. Yep. you got Braylon Stanley from Strom Thurmond. Uh, Will Young from Brooklyn, Casey, and Avery McFadden out of Hillcrest. Who uh, you look at McFadden, you thought, well, there's there's another running back that's playing wide out. You're right. That's basically mm-hmm. what it is. So it's that fine. everybody has an opportunity to play. Well, you remember, like like Coach was talking about with North South, it's a very tough job. And like I said, that's where I give our buddies at moving to change credit because every one of the guys that are on this list they had on theirs. On their top 75. And that's why Cutter wasn't on there. And, Stan, yeah. you just told me yeah. why he wasn't on their list. He's a junior. But, yeah, um, but yeah Dunbar to um, Reader, those are – they will be college back somewhere. I don't know where. And, like I said, I said all along, I think that might be a matchup we see in the playoffs is against Midland Valley and, and Dunbar. Of course, who, who they got from Silver Bluff, let's just be honest. But, yeah. Anyway. All right, and then tight ends, you got Bryce Rothwell out of Lucy Beckham <laughs> and uh, Hassan Lee out of White and all that is in there. Now, you're thinking, why all these lower state teams? We've well, got to remember the we got lower state coaches that are head coaches and assistants this year, so we're going to see a lot, lot more that are there. And for some reason, I wish coaches – well, I'll get into it in a minute. Give me the tight end <laughs> again from Lucy Beckham. Uh, that would be Bryce Rothwell. Okay, he – he was the one that was – he was really good last year at oh, yeah. Wando, so. Okay. And then offensive line, you got Cam Pringle, who is going to South Carolina, is committed to South <laughs> Carolina from Woodland. You got uh, uh, Josiah Thompson also. Today. Today. Today, guys. To Dylan. From Dylan. Blake Franks, we know, from Greenville, going to South Carolina. <laughs> Julius Tate, also from Greenville. You got Watts Young from Daniel. Uh, Slayton Stokes from Hartsville. Uh, Brady Pick, uh, Pickett from Myrtle Beach. And Jake Burke from Gaffney are going to be your offensive linemen. And then your kicker punter, there's only one, and he does it all. That's Coleman Franzone out of James Island, who everybody had been talking about since the beginning of the season. Another good team they think we, we might end up playing again. Yeah, but yeah I mean, like I said, I, I oftentimes get upset about what's going on in Columbia, but that's positive because how many of them kids? And then Mazio Bennett, who wasn't on that. Was Mazio in there? I didn't uh, hear you no, say that. No. So. No, no. so that's another game caught that's coming down, so I don't know what's going on. Well, he he was hurt too, and like I said, yeah. you, you and know, that could be. He, 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 well, you know, <laughs> Ponder went ahead and and and, and put names in. You um, know, he wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, well, it was obvious that's there. So and we still got this is just Shrine Bowl. Yep, we still uh, got North we South. We still got North South. Uh, we are at the midpoint of the season. Most every high school team has played five games, so it's equal amount of games now. Let's see who can play the last five. Yeah. And uh, without being injury prone and all this, uh, I still I it's, it's, I think it's good to go ahead and name them now. 
I like it because of the fact that there are north, there are low country kids in this thing. Because I, I've said it from first part of this year. I'm not sure this year in the year that that the lake uh, the low country wins this thing. Somerville is a big time five A. So you, I think they played your team. Probably they beat Sumter. Destroyed. This Sumter. is a really good football team that has lost <laughs> players because of stupidity. Gun two gun charges against a quarterback and now a running back, and they still got a receiver that's still just throwing up big numbers. And so I mean, I, I think this year you're going to see some low country that's going to bring the the heat this year to the upstate like we hadn't seen in several years. So all right, now here's the defense for the Shrine Bowl for South Carolina on the defensive line. You got Jaden Fuller out of Silver Bluff, Jordan Boyd out of Silver Bluff, Marcus Downs out of Riverside. You got Hilton Heads, uh, Shakai Thompson. Also, Jamel Jeffries from Gaffney, Lorenzo Presley from Lake City. From Indian Land, you have Tamir Hickman. And from Strom Thurmond, you have Jamarcus Stevens to go along with that. And then your linebackers, Terry Grant from West Ashley, Omar Amari Jackson from BHP. Yep. Um, Kevin Hunter is going to South Carolina. He's from Westside. You've got Chester's uh, Antonio Hopkins, Hopkins um, from Gilbert, Caleb Stress and Jaden Kimball from White Knoll. And then your defensive backs, Zay Johnson from Clinton. From Phillip Simmons, you have Troy Stevenson from South Point. Uh, Zayton Nelson, uh, Jerrion Bennett from Sumter. Also Tyler Jones from Dutch Fork. Uh, Debo Hall from York. DeMarco, uh, DeMario Bookhart from Spartanburg. And Quaishenid Scott from Marion are going to be your defensive backs. So I was wondering you if you would get that name. You got that name perfect, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at that earlier, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's for Tom, Tom Carroll. <laughs> but the head coach is going to be Wayne Farmer. Um, assistant coaches are Russell Blackton, Chad Leapart, who we know was formerly at Lawrence, also Victor Floyd, Rusty Chapera, also Kalil Coots, and James Breland. Yeah, Leapart, he's a pretty good coach there at uh, Gilbert. But I'll tell you, you, the names you call on there, there's four or three that are from Strom Thurmond. That team should be pretty legit end of the year with them making the – Well, there's, they moved up in the rankings so, on Tuesday, so we'll see where they are. Big tomorrow. game this weekend for them. They got North Augusta. At North Augusta. Yeah. yeah so. And I think I saw a newspaper article on, on one of the message boards that said, uh, what was it, 19 – or 2007, 2009, yeah. that, that – was kind of the catalyst that propelled Strom Thurmond to all the great success they had when they had that big win over North Augusta. Kind of a repeat situation, kind of I guess, be, coming. We, yeah, it could be because, like I said, this – I mean, how do you say that North Augusta's had – like I tell you, the, the last three or four games are going to be tough because they were accurate when they won that game. Then they turned around and had to play. They got Dutch Fork on the road, which I never saw to score that one. You probably know it off the top of your head. But I know Dutch Fork won the game yeah. fairly easily. Yep. And then, like I said, you got a team that you cannot prepare for in Strom Thurmond. That, that way, if you do offensively, they will just beat the brakes off of you. So. Yeah, the only va- the advantage I see is a senior-laden team for Very North Augusta senior. and mm-hmm. the fact that North Augusta is deep. Particularly, we saw at the uh, running back spot. So, and they're at home. So, and they're home. And they're home. And that's you know that they'll start that lights and unplugging things. And so, we might not have a broadcast team. You might not have lights on the field. You never know in North Augusta what's going to happen. <laughs> so, the Shrine Bowl, just so you know, Shrine Bowl of the Carolinas takes North Carolina and South Carolina playing against each other. December 16th, it'll be at Spartanburg High School this Ooh. year, not at Wofford. It'll be at Spartanburg Ooh. High. The new. University yeah. campus, yeah. That's I'm excited. I got to check that place out. I haven't been by there. Yet. That's the one I want to go to. So I'm, I, I put the I put a bug in coach's ear already. We'll see. If awesome. We end up taking on the Vikings at some awesome. point is what I'm hoping. They play anybody anywhere. So that's what I'm hoping. I want to go to Nashville. 
That, now that's that. Now Ain't it's funny you said that because one of his former teammates is a coach there. And I don't know if he's in Nashville or not. Knoxville, I know. He's oh, so it's Knoxville. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I got my end yeah. confused. Yeah. I yeah put we it, almost went there. Yeah. But that's okay. Either, either I knew place, he, was, he was joking about it. He either, said it. either place my wife's going to want us to leave on Thursday, and we won't be back <laughs> till Monday. So. <laughs> All right. Well, here are the scores for Friday night in case you missed them. Greenwood fell to TL Hannah 38-7. to Hannah with 38 unanswered points. Lawrence lost <laughs> at the very end of the game. They led this whole game. 2017, the Red Raider or the Raiders end up with a, a loss there. BHP all over Emerald. This game was the same as ours, seven to fourteen at halftime. The Bears end up winning fifty-two to fourteen. Crescent wins six, or excuse me, loses to Abbeville twenty-one to six. Dixie and McCormick, our other game of the week besides Emerald and BHP. That was the game you needed to be at twenty-nine to twenty-eight. The final there, the uh, Green Hornets on top of the Chiefs. Greenwood Christian, they fall to Patrick Henry Academy thirty-three to ten. It was Callard Falls zero, Christ Church fifty-one. You had Ware Shoals falling to St. Joe's sixty-one to twelve, and ninety-six had a bye week. Got to kind of enjoy, sit back and watch some of the other teams play for the week. A big win for Coach Sauer up there. It was. That team has, has needed a win. They, they've, uh, I think Coach Sauer has kind of the same thoughts. If if we can't play anybody better than we are in the preseason and pre-region, we don't need to play the games. So he went out and played some people, and then now they get to region play. And it's it's going to pay off. That's what it does. It pays off, and that's why you play those. Yeah, Yeah, but Braden Nance pretty much sealed it. He had a a big run for a touchdown um, with 56 seconds left to go in the game, and that's part of the reason they won. Now, was it it Braden that was at the touchdown club last Monday? that was Tom Ferguson. Yeah, that was Ferguson. Thomas. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure I got it. He might be the next one. (laughs) He's he's the tight end, defensive end, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. The Hornets, of course, led defensively by Brandon Nance. Um, 15 carries, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, four interceptions or four receptions for 72 yards to go along with that, and a touchdown through the air. Austin Wilson had eight carries on 37 yards in a TD, and Stalen Johnson finished with seven carries for 37 yards. He also had eight catches for 172. So they were doing it through the air oh, and on the ground. Yeah. So, and this is when the tough part of the schedule hits. I think that. I think Friday they got Ware Shoals at home, I believe. I believe. And then they hit the road to St. Joe's and then the home Christ Church and then Calum Paul. So then the three we always talk about, St. Joe's, Southside Christian, and they're making their loop through our Lakelands teams. (laughs) So, yeah, Coach Collier, I I did get to see Coach Pratt yesterday and McCormick, and he was a little disappointed. And he's like, man, I'm going to tell you, we've blown two big games. And, I mean, you know, like Fox Creek. And then he said, like I said, he got the win last week. And then this one was another one that was kind of tough at homecoming. Mm -hmm. You heard what Coach Liner said about homecoming. I hate coaching homecoming. (laughs) So, Coach Collier (laughs) feels the same way about it. So, But huge win for Dixie and and well-deserved. Yep, and then uh, I think McCormick probably played their best game of the season as well. And they had a tough schedule to begin with starting oh, out yeah. with Abbeville and, and going through Murderer's Row there. So for them to come into region play, it's good. Of the three charter schools that are there, Christchurch, St. Joe's, and um, Saint- Southside. Yeah. Southside Christian. Southside Christian to me is probably the most beatable out of those three. I agree I with agree you there. With you. Even though they're the defending state champs, they to me, I think they lost a lot, a lot more, and have yeah. been. And we saw that I think with Abbeville, they just Abbeville outlasted them and, and ran them down in the second half. 
Well, and I think, I mean, all these Lakeland teams are going to come into these games prepared. They're not going to come into these games saying, oh, they're going to beat us because they're just one of these charter schools that can go out and recruit anybody they want to. These guys are going to come in saying, look, you coming into our house or we're coming into your house, we're bringing our players. We're bringing kids that walk our halls, and we're going to put the smack down on you. And it's, it's going to Have you seen – this is homecoming coming up for them, by the way. Maybe. This coming week. Yeah. Have you seen the, the, the halls in Dixie? My wife was talking about them the other day. I mean, they've uh, they've got ho- they've got holiday themes through the hallways, and, yeah. and and they change in the middle of the hall to a different holiday. Yeah. So it's like you start out with Valentine's Day, and then you go to St. Patrick. I mean, it follows the calendar as well, and it's just you know, whoever got Halloween or Christmas made out like gangbusters, <laughs> in my opinion, as far as yeah. whichever class ended up with those. those uh, yeah, <laughs> I was looking for a stat that Cam sent me on. A team in the one a that you got to look out for now, and that's Louisville. Louisville's loaded. Something about two hundred and something about they haven't been scored on in every game this year. They haven't been close to be scored on. It's there. I don't think I thought I had seen where they had lost a game, but according to him, they hadn't. But I had looked it up. But that's that's going to be a tough team. I know that was one of the the our picks also for one A, but it was also moving the chains. I think their top pick for it. But I think out of the three you're talking about, the one that scares the devil out of me would be St. Joe's. St. Joe's is probably yeah the one that was on the rise last year and is sitting on top this year. Well, well, you know, we always pick we always pick Southside Christian, but I think last year wasn't it Christchurch that was the one. Well, I think Christchurch with that uh, Shrine Bowl running back. I yep. mean, Sean Reed, you better be ready. It was some stats. I mean, you don't have to worry about it right now. But like I said, it's Louisville and what was what's making them dominant. Well, I, I got it right here. I just have to <laughs> f- go through. Louisville is four and one right now. Okay, on so the they've season. lost the game. They have, on average, their offense is averaging forty eight point two. Their defense is giving up four point eight. Okay, that was it. Will that work? So, so, that's so, the, a, lo- so the loss to. That Louisville has is probably it's a seven points. to six ball game. Yeah, it's all the points. <laughs> Unless we had two safeties in the game. So. Yeah. But that was the thing. I think that's what they're talking about. That they, that's one team that can match up against any of those three schools there. So, as far as I know, none of the Lakeland teams played them. Yeah, Louisville. So St. Joe's is in the same category with them. They're scoring forty-three, averaging forty-three point six points. They're only giving up six point four. Yep. So St. St. Joe's Louisville for a looks like a coll- looks like a collision course. It does. But both of those will be upstate, upstate teams. Upstate teams. Well, we both. That's what we were trying to decide. Is that. It's just hard to decide who – because somebody's going to pull an upset here in those three. Well, and the two – Is it going to be Southside or is it going to be Christchurch that's going to upset St. Joe's? I mean, one of the two is going to do it, we think. I mean – Well, and the thing, too, when you when you start playing that 1A ball, you get one player hurt and it can change your season overnight. You're right. So – If a reader goes hope, down for let's just Let's just hope Christchurch. that all the kids stay healthy and can get the whole season in and – let, let's see what happens in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, moving right along, and that's uh, the other uh, – we had two games of the week. Of course, that one, Dixie and McCormick, was uh, the one we thought was going to be, and it turned out to be great. The other one was Emerald and hosting BHP, and this one started out – I mean, 
we were watching the scores, and they were 14-7 at halftime, same as we were up in Greenwood and Atlanta. And all of a sudden, the second half started, and it was just bear after bear after bear uh, that ended up happening for BHP. And it, you, know, you just sit there and wonder. Now, Emerald scored the first points of the game and the last points of the game, but everything else in between happened to be bear country. Yeah. And normally you win if you do that, Tom. Yeah. But again, we continue to say, I mean, the schedule and everything that, that Coach DeBose and him play, I know he's tired of it because he, he, that's a medal going to tell you. I dang sure don't believe in no more victories. They're going to get them. This is a really good BHP team, for this is one. Probably, this is probably your upstate champion. And, and if it's, it's not, they're going to be right there with Well, with this Daniel. is one of the yeah. best BHP teams that's come along in a while. Remember, Abbeville had struggled with them yeah. last year when they played them. So... This is a good football team. So, Coach, you know, I, you're not going – you're going to do what you do. You're going to bite the heads off them nails, and the boys are going to do the same thing. And you're going to get your win. I'm telling you, it's coming. Well, they get ready to start region play here and that's, shortly. And that's so the that's, key that's, thing. That's so. where – it's much like Greenwood saw last year. We were, what, one and four last yeah. year going into region play, ended up taking third in region. I mean, that's – it prepares you for region play and the competition that you're going to be playing up against. That's what we call the roll, by the way. You start region play and you win one game and you might get on a roll. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I hope it happens. Uh, you know, those guys I know are fighting their butts. I, off, so. Union Cannon was one. I feel like sure they're going to win the game. And then, I, like you said, the Lawrence thing the other night just debacled to me. So. Yeah. Key Holloway, uh, as I mentioned, he had that 61-yard touchdown run to start it. And then at the end of the fourth, a 10-yard run by A.J. Anderson. That ended up happening uh, as far as the scoring went. And um, I'm going to be excited for Friday night's because I'll get to actually sit and listen to to some of these other guys that call the games that I haven't heard as of yet. So I'm looking looking forward to hearing Coach Graves and and what they do with Emerald uh, on the radio, as well as maybe seeing this game. So we we, you know, if, I may end up going from one at halftime and then to another. So we'll see. You keep it going because I I got I got my recorder ready. I got something in mind for you for Friday. All right, we'll see what happens. So I'll be in the low country <laughs> and I'm looking for live around. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I can't get him on the phone. I might yeah. just have to go to the field. Um, but, you know, Frank Hill Stadium was done. 52-14 was the final in that one. Um, there, I had mentioned on Thursday that they had a stable of running backs that were there, but none bigger <laughs> than the three running backs that they do have. Uh, when you look at Henderson, also Shaheem Roberts and Justin Lathan, um, the combination of those three, there's not a better three running backs combination in the state in my opinion I know Clinton might argue with you I, but well, I mean, maybe but uh, but anytime you have three-headed monsters you usually do pretty well that year and so like I said the second guy is the one that I've heard about I don't know Henderson but the other one's the one I've heard about that is being this, Robs uh, yeah Robs Shaheem Robs so I mean that's always a good problem to have I wish and like I said I totally like that that problem in Columbia but <laughs> <laughs> they got good lines too Tom let's start, let's tell everybody where it starts now the trenches are where it starts yeah the, and, and if you heard our, <laughs> our our conversation with coach Tad DeBose on Thursday you heard him mention the fact that their line is huge and very very talented and he, you know he I <laughs> kind of played it off a little bit and he said now we had no scrouches on our defense and offensive line either I mean we're pretty big as well but I'm anxious to hear what his comments are coming up later this week with that yeah, game. That'd be that'd be a question for him, Tom. But make sure you tell him you ask it. I mean, he, was, <laughs> he might not answer if I if I ask him a question. So anyway, I, yeah, I can't wait to hear that either. I mean, that's good. I mean, they let's see who they got. Who'd you say Friday night? 
Um, they got Crescent Friday night. Okay. He lost to Abbeville. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, by the way, Holloway, 25 carries, 180 yards, and a touchdown. So, he was their leading, leading carry. Yeah. That, that was – he was Brentzer Rattler-like. Well, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. When you, when you play a defense that they, they blitz you like that, that's like we were expecting, what, 150 out of – I mean, 100 out of Rattler, two on the mm-hmm. ground, and they didn't blitz. They listened to us. Don't bless that guy. So, yeah, Key always. I I didn't hear Foster. Did he not play um, in the game, or he just didn't get stats? You know, I never heard anything, okay. and I couldn't find any. Hope he's not injured. That's so. why I asked you that. Yeah. So. No, I, I have no idea. I'll, yeah. I'll have to do some more research and find out. But that's what I do know. Um, I do know also that uh, uh, defensively. Jordan Green and Melky Williams and Jacob Davis had phenomenal games. Williams has had games all year, really good defense. Like I said, defensively, I'm telling you, Tom, he alluded to it the other week. we got to be the best Owen whatever team. <laughs> they <laughs> and, are, by and, far. And to say that he can come – because like I told you, when they lost like they did to Hampton County, and Hampton County has started blowing everybody out now. Uh, so they were embarrassed by that game, and other teams are having to take the punishment for them. But this team, this might be the one – I know Crescent played – I mean, they played Abbeville a good football game. They played a very tight game. And so, that game wasn't really decided until late in the fourth. I think – and like I said, I hope this is the one that Coach just comes out and says, smacking you in the mouth. We're, gonna, we, we're not losing again right now. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to beat the side of a high school. All right. Uh, speaking of trying to get back on the reading track, Greenwood falls to TL Hannah, second loss in a row, 38-7. Hannah answers 38 unanswered in this one, and – if you want to go back and look at a play that really kind of set the tone and, and took a lot of the, the, the momentum away from the Eagles, that was the last play there in the sec- or for Greenwood, the last play in the second quarter. And that was that little shovel pass at the two-yard line that ended up going incomplete. Um, that kind of took, I think, the offensive momentum away. And we came out a little flat. Let's face it, the first three possessions of the second half, uh, all run plays uh, for the most part, and we just weren't able to pick up a first down. We we that was one we needed and like I said when it did and you know I think the funny thing about it is I remember when Spurrier would were they were doing this with Tebow and he's like it's a risky play you think you can make that play because you know Tebow's not a big dude either uh, it's always a risk anytime you're doing that flicking it off the line like that um, I I would have probably much rather seen maybe line up and just load it up and go for it from there but we'd been stopped a couple times already so well I th- I think that was. You know, it's situational football. You you got fourth and one on the two. Uh, you've tanks been picking up yardage. You got a six four quarterback, a huge center. <laughs> I've got to get thirty six inches. I don't think let's let's get up under center. Let's don't start back. And here again, it was the little jump pass. Was it, but was it called as RPO? And Christian was told, if the hole is there, get it. If it's not, jump and throw it. Mm-hmm. The pass was covered. Yeah, we wouldn't have done that. The pass was covered, do. and that's where Tristan might have needed a better job of looking and focusing on that receiver. And then – looking to see him if we had a hole or if he could get a push to get I mean this is where I was coming give, give the ball to tank and let Tristan get in behind him and push him and get you thirty you playing for the first down. Yeah he, you're not playing for the touchdown. I get the first down. I'm at the one with four plays to get 
six. This is where I want to see that. What's his name, Tom? Is it Christian Roman? Mm-hmm. That we're talking about it's the big backs that's yeah. going to be the, yeah. the goal line guy. Yeah. This is the perfect opportunity to put him in the game yeah. and, and let him go. And if you want or put him at the pullback, if you want to give it to him, Give it, Give it to, to him, him, or if you don't, let Tank be the guy for Tank. Yep. Yeah. I, I tell, but like you said, that's why we don't do what we do. Yeah. We do this. So. Well, they had two yeah. big backs. I mean, everybody talked about how good their quarterback was in running the football, and really it was, you know, Vashawn Burton in the first half and Josh Donald in the second half. They just kind of took turns. <laughs> well, I think they, going beat us, at it. they beat us on the edge. They, they well, Burton really beat us get, on the edge big time. Yeah, Donald I mean, ran we, right through us. You know, uh, our line, I think, held up fairly well. Uh, maybe we ought to look at where our defensive where our defensive ends are attacking or maybe they need to go a little bit deeper before they're going out. You know, that's all coaching, and that's what they got to look at and try to get it figured out. But uh, We need this to be a tough right game for us. We Going into it, we knew it. I mean, the way that they had played against the other teams and just had, you Well, know, we hadn't played bad. No, we, we have haven't. We have not played bad, and um, – I think Tank – I mean, Tank did what Tank does, but we didn't see him a lot in the second half, so I don't know what was going on there. I don't know if he's got some kind of – we didn't see him, didn't see him go in the off quarter. as mm-hmm. an injury. So we're hoping it was just we're going to take him out and uh, start a two-week respite with him because he has been beat up over these last five games. But uh, Now, we hear about the injuries. That's one good thing we do hear about, so. All right, so. And we were in bad shape when you and I were standing there and all of a sudden the team starts getting off the bus and it's our guys in a boot and here sling comes the starting yeah. safety with a with a boot on his foot and here's this one. Oh, wait a minute, when did he get hurt? Um, it looked like the walk in wounded there for a while. <laughs> we had more people in street clothes than we did uniforms. Yeah, yeah we did. Um, uh, moving right along, the Lawrence Raiders, they fell to Union County 20-17, to 17, and the football gods have not been <laughs> kind good. to the Raiders. Well, that, they, they've um, been to the Raiders about like they've been to Emerald, and both of them need to get the high priest over there and do something. It would be time in Lawrence now because I'm going to yeah. tell you, that game got away from them bad. The, well, Lawrence led the entire game. Yeah, that's what I'm And then <laughs> Union in the last scores in the, with a minute 15 to take the lead 20-17, and then they get the interception uh, to seal the game there towards the end as well. And, I mean, uh, you know, I mentioned it to Coach DeBose. If you had had bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. And Lawrence is kind of falling in that same category. Yep. Football gods are not kind to those guys. I know them guys, too. So they, <laughs> they follow all football, trust me. Um, we mentioned the defending state champions in 1A Christchurch. They uh, got to play Calhoun Falls, um, a much-improved Calhoun Falls, by the way, uh, as we have seen. They've got two big wins uh, already this season, um, and they're riding pretty high along with this. But a 52-drubbing uh, beat down of the flashes um, for Christchurch in this one. And, and you know, <laughs> This is where you, you again. I want to kind of go the way of Gray here and say that it, it's it's you know the competition level is definitely different versus a small community like Calhoun Falls versus a charter school in the middle of Greenville. Yeah, and Coach Cius, I mean, he understands the situation and he's just he playing with the cards he's dealt. Yeah. 
Uh, he's not going to cry about it. Like I said, they're, they're going to be competitive till the end. I, that's another game I really like to see is when Dixie plays them. Um, but, you know, Coach Theus has got – he's got some games coming up now that, that he's going to play Ware Shoals, and he's going to play Dixie, and he's going to play uh, McCormick eventually. And, I mean, these are games that you might see. And this is – when you said an improved team, that's an understatement. This is a yep. very improved team. And I just wonder how much more guidance they're getting to having – what's the name as the quarterback coach? Uh, that played at Clemson, so Kelly Bryant. So uh, interesting, you know, he's home. He's got his uh, – the quarterback that's there is a really good quarterback that's akin to Kelly Bryant. And uh, he's starting to learn, like Stevens at McCormick, he's learning how to play the game again, and they're having fun playing, and that's what it's about. All right. And then uh, staying in that same category, Ware Shoals, who again has been uh, playing extremely well. They I, they took on a 2A team in, in – 96 and played them pretty well for about what a half a quarter well four three quarters maybe two and a half quarters um but the knights of st joe's they just absolutely you know picked as stan likes to say you know stomped a mud hole 61 to 12 the final in this one uh it was pretty much all st joe's from the get-go and st joe's is right up there with louisville uh, as of right but, now in but the this rankings, goes so. back to what you just alluded to here's where shows a little small community yeah. school and they're having to play a charter school in downtown Greenville that's within a stone's throw of J.L. Mann and Christ Church. And they got the players are coming from somewhere. <laughs> and, and, of course, Mann's doing well, too, so you're not having Mann players leave like you used to. I'm thinking so to get them that, from Coach Porter. <laughs> that they're getting them from somewhere, uh, maybe Eastside and Riverside and some of those other places, but Eastside's having a – Coach Wilcox will kind of turn things around up there. But uh, it's just not fair. It's not fair for these schools that have a limited area to draw players from playing these schools that can offer scholarships for you to come play for me. It's just – it's always been that way, and – I don't yeah. want to get on that song. I've been on all year. You <laughs> good. Know. Well, uh, we all know what's going on with Gray <laughs> and Oceanside and everybody else. Yeah, they're so they're in the hot seat. They just right need now, to so. they just need to put all those in one conference and say y'all fight it out. Well, they I, I, was, I, and I, I don't uh, see they, they, they we'll get into. I probably yeah, shouldn't, yeah, but they they say that there aren't enough schools charter schools to form a league. Have we ever added it up? Has anybody ever added it up to find out what they're talking about? How many uh, is enough to form? Well, we noticed eight? three in Greenville. We noticed three There's in three. Greenville. There's three. Oh, yeah. You got a legacy in Spartanburg. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah they're, they're out there. I, th- I, mean, I think there's enough to form a league. Uh, I mean, you may have to do like might, is and travel. It, but there's well, enough. that's what they don't want to do. They don't want to spend money. All they want to do is put a trophy <laughs> in the case. Yeah. If they I want, if they want to spend money, they could go to Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, and play all the games they wanted. Do to. you have the score from this weekend? They went to Washington D.C. I want to see I what do they not did. Have the I scores. can't find. I it. mean, it was fourteen nothing in the second. I remember seeing that. I, I think it was pretty looked. lopsided because I think the comments from like some people around here, like Mr. Darius Wardlow, who I love to talk to, because uh, he's fired up about this too now. Yeah. Because they said he can play Abel any day, and he said no, you can't. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he put on there. I think it was on Saturday. He says, "Yeah, you gonna enjoy that ride back a lot more. Keep running that mouth." Play anybody anywhere. That's all we're going. You want to do it? Go to Washington. Go to Tennessee. Wherever you want to go and play. So they must have took one on the chin. But yeah, it'd be quiet. I mean, you're right. They're out there. Like I said, 
when you got like I said, when you got three or four in the upstate that you already can throw into the group, and they're all in the same classification, basically. And that's all two and one. Yeah, and that's all Jerome said. He said, "I want you to play in your own class." I don't defend that fellow much. Y'all know that. I don't defend my baseball coach like I should, but I agree with him on this. And I mean. It is what it is, but if, if they want to do it, man, step out and play the four and five A's, I don't have a problem with that either. But I also don't have the teams that that are in their region that don't want to play them. I don't have a problem with them not wanting to play them either. They were willing to take the four fits, let it go. Because it Just doesn't give on. Gray an instant win. Yeah. So. All right. Um, sticking more along the Lakelands here, uh, Greenwood Christian does another great job. Uh, unfortunately, they came on the losing end, 33-20 to 20 over Patrick Henry, who, again, is another one of those big, <laughs> strong 2A teams in Skiza that is out there. Um, Got to give it to Cade Hilton. Uh, he played phenomenally. Um, again, another great night. He had three passing touchdowns. One of those went to Owen Whittington, as we know, but he also threw one to Caleb McHale and Hampton Davis to go along with that. So big big throws that are there. Uh, Got to look at Isaiah Scott. Uh, he had another big night defensively. A couple of interceptions to go along with that, according to some of the folks that were out there that I got notes for. And um, – Ahead of the road to going down to Sumter. My <laughs> stomping grounds to take on Thomas Sumter Academy. And I'm going to say it right now. The Hawks win this I game over the Generals. Too. I like to see Isaiah Scott down. He's going, you know, he's going to play a little football. And we know he's a basketball star. So, it's good to see his name up there. And Kate Heaton, Tom, I'm going to tell you. I, he's a kid that could, if he wanted to, he could play at many of the three A's around here. He possibly could play 40 football. He's got that kind of a mind. And this is what I didn't do yet, but you're going to call him. You're going to make me do it. But <laughs> I, I promise you when I hit max preps right here, yeah, I'm going to see green with Christian. Because for some reason that's who's been doing it in our area or in our region. But a great, like I said, and they're playing some tough football teams. Buford Academy. Um, then, like you said, you got Thomas Sumter this week. Um, the team they just beat is – Patrick Henry. They won last year, I think. I think they were your defending state champion last year. So, Well, I don't think you, you'll find any any team in the Lakelands area that is scared to play, go anywhere and play anybody. And they've proven it with this non-regions. You know, we used to give Abbeville down the country with it <laughs> because Coach Nick would go play some people. Yep. And we all agreed, well, Coach Nick is now going and finding people to play. And, um, they've had a good schedule. It, it, they've got. They had a good non-region schedule, and they came out on the winning end of it. But uh, it's every school around here. Every time we talk about one of them, somebody's playing up in a classification. It makes you better in a game. Yeah. All right, and then the last team that we've got to talk about. Uh, is according to Coach Nichols struggling as of right now, and a lot of the Abbeville fans are kind of right there along with them. Uh, they took on a much improved Crescent team to go along with that as well, twenty-one to six. This game was closer at halftime than I think Abbeville fans wanted it to be. But yep. we've we even mentioned on Thursday that that Crescent is one of those teams that has steadily year in and year out. It started with building their lines and the trenches, and then they have managed to find the skill positions to go along with them. So that's that's been huge. I think for the Tigers in this regard and with coach Nichols he predicted it earlier this week that this was going to be a dogfight it wasn't going to be the 51-7 upset that you know that they had last year they thought it would be I I got a couple of my friends that are over there on that staff and they they're uh they're 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 scratching their heads a little bit Tom but there again they're scratching it getting ready to go into region play so you know you got the same running back you got the same and that may be the issue I don't I don't not sure about the quarterback if 
I know he's not a hundred percent. Yeah, Zay, but um I think he is playing. I just don't you know, and but when you got Norman, I mean that's all I would do, just hand it to Norman and let him run it. Well Crescent bottled him up. They did. This time around. So And that's I mean, what we can look for whenever uh Emerald plays. <laughs> How good Crescent <laughs> really is and judge it off of that. But yeah, defensively they've done a wonderful job up there. But like I said, when when you got Coach Nick scratching his head it, he, he don't get confused very often. He's kind of like Nick Saban. Yeah. But the Abbeville defense did what they needed to do. 158 yards total that they allowed. Um, 99 of that was rushing by the uh, Crimson Tigers to go along with it. Um, you look at the quarterback for Crescent, uh, that being Dalen Dale, 11 of 17 for just 58 yards through the year. Um, had an interception to go along with, or two interceptions to go along with that. So, I mean, he, he, the defense is what's keeping you in these ball games until your offense actually finds some progression somewhere. And that's what I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think with with Emerald's defense, I think you could see a win come out this week against a team like Crescent. So we'll see. Abel's going to be Abbeville. We we not going to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be Abbeville. All right, a couple of things uh, notes that happened this weekend. Uh, Greenwood's Lady Volleyball was in action. They ended up beating easily on the road this past Thursday. Um, 27-25, 25-22, easily came back and won the third set, 23-25, and the Greenwood took the fourth set, 26-24 in that one. Uh, you look at the Lady Vikings uh, volleyball team, they beat Chester 3-0 at home, 18-25, so they lost the first set, but came back and won the next two, 25-12 and 25-10 for that. Ty Tennant had two kills and an ace. Emily Erskine had two kills and four aces. Anna Smith had two aces. Clarence Shaw and Scott Morrow, or Scout Morrow, each had two aces to go along with it, and Ava Pendley also had an ace in all of that. So Vikings now 7-2. and two. They get to take on Union tomorrow night. That'll be on the road at Union. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's when I got some of the big action that ended up taking place in volleyball. Hopefully we can get some ladies golf, and, and uh, I didn't get my swimming updates this week, so I'm going to have to see if I reestablish some of those. <laughs> And I did say, uh, we may have mentioned it last week, Cambridge got a big volleyball win over Chris's favorite team. They did. Great collegiate. Yeah, we put that. Like I said, I, I, I'm i still seeing all the Facebook posts. I know that's, you know, Coach Crawford over there. I mean, Coach Deason over there doing that. But I appreciate her doing it and putting it out there. And if we see it, we'll share it. Yep. Yep, so. or let us know about it. <laughs> We're on Facebook. You can find us there. The Lakeland Sports Guys, we'd love to hear from you as well. Keep those scores and comments coming to us. We've, uh, we try to answer them as quickly as they come in, so we appreciate good all that. Yep. Good or bad. Good or bad. All right, come by, see the good folks here at Howard's on Main. B-Rad is in the house. He's getting ready for the happy hour aspects of it. Uh, and enjoy the lunch specials that go on throughout the day. Howard Corley and his staff do a great job. We appreciate them allowing us to come in here and do our podcast twice a week. Cold beer time, guys. It is. (laughs) We'll see you later in the week. I'm Tom Carroll. That's Chris Cox and the coach, Dan Spivey. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. 